Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. In 1919, he hit 29 home runs and was sold to the New York Yankees. Hey! What can I say? Just dip my heart and, and call the Yankees my daddy. Welcome to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports, episode 88. John Senecal and myself, Brian Shackman, and we are at a point in the season where <laughs> the Red Sox season is seemingly over. The Yankees season feels crappy right now, even though they're still up by like 10 games. And so I think we should start with the Yankees because they've played terrible, yet they're still in you know a great position to make the playoffs. And the question is, you know, I don't know where to start, John. Like, when when do you start to get really nervous, or are you already nervous? Well, I mean, I talked to this about this before, Brian. Is you know their their bullpen and the fact that you know Aaron Judge cannot carry this team. We 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 figured this out real quick, right? He right. cannot he cannot single handedly carry this team. So I, I was nervous all along about the starting pitching. We knew Cole's going to do Cole things, and 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 yes, I am worried. I am worried that they are not who they were. This whole season, listen. If if these injuries are going to keep persisting, like you know, we lost Matt, Matt Carpenter. He says he's going to be back, but listen, if it, it, it could be too late, right? A guy comes back, he might not be the same player, right? Giancarlo Stanton, who knows what's going on with him? Anytime well, I hear something wrong with your yeah. foot or Achilles or plantar fasciitis, whatever, like I don't like that because you 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 see how he is. He's he's like he doesn't even step when he swings. He's all just legs and like just muscle. You know what I mean? Right. So. I worry about that. I worry about the the pitching. I worry about the the experience in the bullpen. I had talked to that, about that before, and that's shining through. Um, the Yankees are very very vulnerable now. Given the lead they had, yes, they the lead they had has given them a huge cushion, and 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 actually, you know, Baltimore playing the way Baltimore has played is is going to help them too because it's 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 jacking up the rest of the teams that are fighting, you know, to kind of to come up. Well. Go after the Yankees, but yes, Brian, I am worried about the Yankees, and I, I've I've said this before in the last couple episodes, um, and they are not the best team in Major League Baseball. No. We know that they're not the best team in New York. Um, well, they, they they don't have the best record. Let me just put a put a bookmark there for you for for a second because 
they they do have a, a weaker record than than the Mets, and you know that is stunning. And now the Dodgers are run away the best record in in all of baseball. But when when we talk about the Yankees, and the the truth is, like I, Carpenter, even if he comes back, will not be able to help them the way he had. I right. Just don't, I, I you know it's it's almost like he would need another spring training. You, exactly. You really, and is he is he the difference ma- difference maker? Well, he's the kind of guy, though, that I feel like you pinch hit or bring somebody in in the fifth or sixth inning. Or I just feel like he's the kind of guy that doesn't get nervous about being in certain spots. So I think he has the potential to hit some dramatic, make some dramatic plays. But the problem with that, him losing him is he he exposed a huge huge hole that we knew was there all along, and that's Aaron Hicks because now Aaron Hicks is forced to play more. Yep. And you and then, lost your left-handed bat, and Aaron Hicks is terrible. He can't hit left-handed. He can't hit right-handed. He's just bad. He's your next. Step in the Joey Gallo process, which Joey Gallo hit a three-run homer for the Dodgers Dodgers to help win the Dodgers a pinch hit three-run homer. So you know what? Good for Joey Gallo, but I mean, I'd be surprised if Joey Gallo's on the postseason roster for the Dodgers. But anyways, going back to the Yankees, what what you were talking about, um, it's um, Matt Carpenter is is a loss, but you know the bullpen is what scares me. The bullpen it was an experience with Holmes on the back end and and having Mike losing Michael King was just a major crushing sure. blow to the Yankees. You hope Zach Britton can come back and you hope some of these guys can step up, but I feel like every night it's either Wandy Peralta or Albert Abreu giving up a run and blowing it for the Yankees. Here's the bottom line is that the reason why Carpenter is such a big loss and the reason why Stanton needs to get back right away is that the only way they're going to win the World Series is to out-hit people. Yep. And, and so, protect Judge. Yeah, but they sure, but I mean that's that's all about offensive production because they 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 need to go into late innings with cushion, mm-hmm. and so if they don't if they don't have I mean so that's why I think Carpenter's a big loss because he'll you can't either he gets pitches that you know either he gets good pitches because the pitchers don't have anything left or you know you have to respect him to the point where you spread the wealth around and so Judge and Stanton get get some decent looks at stuff. But the bottom line is if Stanton can't come back and be at the top of his game. They are not going to win. No, and, and so that that is my. And again, like I've gotten, I, I'm I'm trying to get more decisive with my thoughts on this, and I really come to that realization that as as an amazing season as Aaron Judge has had, and we'll talk about him in a few minutes. They they're not gonna they're not gonna beat you on pitching. No, and, and so they have to beat you on hitting, and they can't be an offensive force. Without Stanton. No, without Stanton and without a healthy Rizzo. And listen, regardless of those key players, you still need other players in your lineup to perform and and get the key hit. And the Yankees don't have that right now. They haven't had that all season. They've been relying on those players we talked about. They're the worst team, thirty games over five hundred that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's it, and it's scary because you know they're not like you said, Brian. They're not going to match up with anyone in the postseason as far as the Mets pitching or the Dodgers pitching. I mean, Jesus, the Dodgers have got a bunch of no names that are vying for the Cy Young, and they got guys that should be winning the Cy Young, kind of come back from yeah. injury. Well, listen, I mean, I saw Carrasco pitch well for the Mets the other night, and they have Scherzer. Oh, the Mets I, are so I, deep in pitching, I mean, it's insane. I, I honestly think that the two best teams in baseball are in the National League and, and when the Mets are playing well. I mean, they, they've had some some runs where they weren't, but that was mainly because DeGrom and Scherzer weren't there. It's all health. There. Comes down so, to health. Yeah, and the Dodgers are, are fully loaded. Uh, he's John Senecal. I'm Brian Shackman. This is episode 88 of Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports. And the, the, in the Red Sox, you have a situation where and there's incredible frustration. I will share with you the best take I, I heard on this came from former Sox, Lou Merloni. 
Lou Marloni, baby. Yeah. Because, well, he's in the media in Boston, and he's yeah. pretty good. I mean, I think that sometimes he's he's really good, and sometimes he's very average. But his point was basically like, look at the the teams in Major League Baseball who are paying the luxury tax, and every single one of them except the Red Sox is either in a playoff spot or right right on on the edge. And and the point is is that if you're if you're going to pay the luxury tax and not be competitive, don't pay the luxury tax. And his point is, is if what, what were you what were you going through your mind on on the trade deadline? If you're not going to try to compete, then you di- then you do have to sell it. And my point is, like I get the point. Like if you're not going to try, then you might as well be smart economically. So they don't dump Evaldi, they don't dump Martinez, they're over the threshold, and it's going to hurt them. I didn't know all these knock-on effects about future costs and future draft picks and all this other stuff, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's really stupid to have a non-competitive team paying the luxury tax because it hurts you for future co- competitiveness. So, you know, when I think of the management of the team, I think they really – I think Chaim Bloom, I think he's got a lot of talent. He's super smart. But I think we saw the first – and now that I'm looking at this at hindsight, the first um, example really of his inexperience, he got he, – he did not – his he froze on the trading deadline. He, he couldn't make a decision. So he, he hedged, and they got – they're getting smacked for it, right, because – why do you you know if you trade Christian Vasquez, why not just trade everybody? Right, and because what's the point? You you can't do that and then not do anything. And so now you have a team who's who's not good, and they throw guy you know Darwinson Hernandez who has got an ERA of over twenty, and you got a guy who who, uh, who I like. I have nothing personal who's not a major league starting catcher, and you had, you let go of a guy who's been in the the franchise for over a decade, and everybody loved him. So it, it just the the frustration for me. Forget about the fact that going to the ballpark stinks. There's Bra- you know Braves fans cheering. You know the game's over and there's cheering, uh, and forget about the fact that they have the JV team. I mean, just the, the whole point was to get them in Tampa Bay Ray mentality where they have tons <laughs> of prospects and they're going to be able to balance it out to make a run where they'll have a, a few you know league minimum guys, a few arbitration eligible guys, and a few free agents the way the model should be to compete every year. But then they, they they're going to spend t- millions of dollars for a crappy team yeah it's interesting as far as the trade deadline went with the red sox and you they you, got you, they did a terrible job yeah they did a bad job i mean as far as as bad as the yankees looking how they mess things up the red sox as far as like their standings go they did do a bad job they now, i'm should, not trying to be a hypocrite but, i would have been pissed if they traded everybody i would have come out with a hot take of, well i mean when you say everybody but, they weren't they weren't going to trade devers and, and i no, think no no they or bogarts but my point is like if if they traded Avaldi and JD and, and um but if you and, if you I would have been upset but the bottom line is I would have at least been able to there would have been a thesis surrounding it a cohesive understanding of what was happening here there is no understanding of a, of an approach yeah if you're going to trade Ivaldi and Martinez at the trading deadline regardless I mean if if you know you're not going to compete you're not going to miss those guys they're not. They're not. They're not fan favorites. They're replaceable. I mean, JD's very one-dimensional. Evaldi is one pitch away from his next El- Tommy John. Well, so we like Evaldi a lot. But, but listen, the Red Sox are in a, in a very interesting place because they have. I don't think they're paying for Hosmer, are they? At least this year. No, um, they're not paying at all. But at all. At all. At all for his next two years, right? I think he has like two more years on his contract. They, they owe him like a one million out of forty. That's crazy. Million. That's crazy. So listen, they, they, that. They should be happy about that because Hosmer can still produce, and he's a, he's he's a decent fielder, right? He's an upgrade at first base sure, right now. Absolutely. But the interesting 
situation that the Red Sox are in is they have Chris Sale, who's who's Mr. Glass, who's who could opt out of his contract, and he should, and to do the Red Sox a favor and maybe renegotiate or go on a one-year flyer and leave the team. Um, but you also have Bogarts who can opt out, who is interesting because. You know, you you wonder about the market for a guy like Bogarts because you, Trey Turner is going to dominate the shortstop yeah. market, and we yep. saw what happened with Carlos Correa last year, and he's not exactly wowing people in Minnesota, that's for sure. Um, so he's in a very interesting perspective spot. So really, what you're hanging on to is the hope that Raphael Devers is happy and he will stay in Boston. And as you would say it, please say it, Heim Bloom, because you do it so much better than I do. Heim Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a Jewish and you thing, hope that you know? he get right exactly, but you hope he gets his you know what together and sign a player like Raphael Devers and doesn't right. let him go. But wait, let me just put a positive. But you can look at it in the other way is that there's no way they would have known that they were going to get Hosmer, right? That that sort of just happened. But it's better than okay. what they were going to get. Right, but my point is, like, if you had kept um, Vasquez, Hosmer landed on your lap, all you needed to do was make a couple of tweak deals and then you're humming. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, they, they were basically, once you get Hosmer, if you have Vasquez, you just need an upgrade in the outfield and maybe a reliever. So, that's two players. And then, listen, they weren't going to win the World Series anyway, but that would be two players. All they would need was some help in the bullpen and an outfielder who was competent. And Pham has shown that, I mean, I don't know if he can sustain it, but he certainly is first time in Boston so far has been really good. And then you, you're a wild card team. Right, I mean that that's that that's the nuance there, but I can't totally blame them on that one because Hosmer just it came out of the the clear blue sky. Yeah, you don't um, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, Jesus, it'd been great if if Carpenter got hurt a week earlier and we could have fixed it at a trade, you know. Right. So and and Sale, you know, you never, yeah, exactly. I mean, let's talk about Sale real quick. I mean, I I I almost feel like it's on purpose. I know it's not on purpose, but it feels like it's on purpose. That I feel like he's one of those classic guys that is going to have all these problems and then he's going to put it all together for the the. Final year of his contract, did great, and then go somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like right. I just feel like that's what's going to happen. Although he does have an extra year on the deal, so the thesis doesn't totally work. But I just I don't understand. He's a professional athlete, and there's I guarantee you there's got to be more to the story. I I I, I do a couple triathlons. I, I know I ride my bike all the time. For you to hit something and get thrown, you're either not focused or you're going too fast. Or you're Joe Biden. No, no, Joe's seventy nine. Um, but, but you know what I mean. Like you're not, you're not just. If you're riding your bike, going from A to B, and you're a pro athlete, you can't tell me you're going to fall and break your wrist. You're either texting somebody or going too fast or messing around. And yeah. so that, that and, and listen, that's what makes me so mad about this stuff. It's the same with uh, Tatis Jr. It's like. I, I don't understand why these athletes can get away with irresponsibility. You're making you're making thirty million a year, you know, take an Uber. I mean I I mean if you're gonna ride a bike, don't be an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Or don't go or don't go riding dirt bikes and, and what's it in uh Tatis's uh, point, but listen. Here's the deal with Chris Sale. Chris Sale is 33 years old. He has been banged up a lot of his career, and he's got a lot of miles on a little, real ragtag, lanky body. You know, Chris Sale's ship has sailed, man. It really has. I, I, I think, I think he's, I think he's toast. I think he's toast. You think he's done for good? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you like he might get lucky and come back and be one of those guys, like you said, that throws a little bit something together, but he's never going to have any more longevity. It's a lot of miles on that arm, Brian. He's 33 yeah. years old, and it's a left-handed, really non-built pitching-looking guy. You look yeah. at pitchers nowadays, man, they don't look like Chris Sale. Well, 
Hey, that's true, but he's only pitched 48 innings in three years. It only cost you $90 million. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. Just absolutely nuts. Uh, let's quickly go through two items up for bid here. You mentioned Aaron Judge, how he himself can't carry the team. Um, but his performance this year, and, uh, you know, I charted like I chart gas prices. I really do. You know, I know he had that 52 home run season in 2017, and so he already has the second most, you know, home runs and second best production uh, that he's had in his career. And I'm just curious as to how you put in perspective his season, but also like how how badly they need to keep him. So I look at it this way: as far as Aaron Judge, you when you're watching him. So I was at the stadium like a week ago, and you know clearly people come to see him play, right? He DH that game, and people you know weren't as happy as when he plays right field because when you go to the stadium and Aaron Judge is in right, it's quite an experience. You know, he interacts with the fans and everything. But that being said. Um, what we're watching as Yankee fans and as baseball fans in general, obviously we have not seen since uh, 1998, was it? Um, with Sosa and McGuire, and then again with uh, you know the, the Royd brothers. Um, so yeah. him, doing, him doing something historic and so-called clean and doing something that would break a Yankee record and um, you know, uh, a non-tainted MLB record is something that is very special, right? And you, and you want that to happen. But at the same time, you feel like it's all going to be lost if the Yankees don't win the World Series and Aaron Judge doesn't stay. Now, do two of those go hand in hand? If they, win, they don't go and they don't win the World Series, does Aaron Judge walk? I don't think Aaron Judge leaves no matter what. Aaron Judge is just punching his card every day in every game, right? He's already proven that he can get whatever he wants in his contract. It just matters if he's staying in New York. Um, but really? what what worries me is that historic season could be really lost with the fact that the Yankees might just fall apart towards the end. Well, you know what? In the, and I, I'm not trying to pile on because I'm a Red Sox fan. It feels like that's what's going to happen. Well, that's why I say it. I mean, I've watched baseball long enough in general and watched a ton of it and the Yankees long enough to know when the vibes start happening and you start seeing stuff and it's just not going right. Like, when they don't start talking about players coming back, it's not just because, like, they have a 10-game lead. It's because there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's – but then again, I mean, we've seen it in baseball because baseball is different than, you know, maybe, you know, 20 years ago when we were younger – um, you can get hot at the right time, and that can Any make team all the can. difference. So, Any team I mean, can. you know, they, they, they can flip the calendar into September and just be guns blazing. You hope you This will be a, a different conversation. Um, you talk about flipping the switch. I, I want to talk about the Orioles. And I, I, listen, I have to tell you, because we talked to Willie Yon, I mean, and, and, and we talked to Willie Yon about, uh, about Adley Rutschman, and what he said was stunning to me. And we, I've been following, I was even following the Orioles before that. I just like them. You know, I mean, I like Mancini. You know, I, I, I like um, a, a, a couple of guys on their team. Um, who's that other guy? Who, who Mountcastle, Austin yeah, Hayes. Yeah, like Mountcastle. That's it. Mountcastle's a guy I like. And so when Rutschman came up and then Willie Yan had those comments about him, I was really laser focused on the team. And then I went and looked at it. Now, this is before he became an everyday player, but I just went back to May 21st when he first got called up or made his first appearance in a game. And and he, again, he didn't become the everyday catcher for they he flip flopped. He didn't play every day at the start. But that team, since he got called up in late May, is forty two and twenty eight. Wow. Now and they were in last place when he got called up. And and we you know to see one person have that kind of impact because I do I think he's the one that's turned that season around. And they traded their closer and Mancini, and they're they're doing better. Yeah, and I think I'm not, he's not the reason, but I do think that if you're 24 years old and you can catch and and call a game with confidence and you're that good, 
uh, you can make that kind of difference. And it seems like it's sort of his team. And I hate to say it, but I am into the Orioles. I, I think it's great when they're good. Camden's awesome when 40,000 people are there. And this kid, and I, I got to tell you, the podcast, we were kind of ground floor on him because, I mean, you remember what Willie Yon had to say about him. Yep. Yeah, the thing about Adley Rushman is, you know, he came out of college as as a huge, huge pick, right? And, yep. and, and he was basically... T- tabbed as the next player for the Orioles, right? And the thing about him is he probably could have started for the Orioles if they had a 2020 normal season and the minor leagues weren't washed because he was that good. Um, so he, this is a year overdue, you think? Yeah, yeah. but you know the, the thing is, is the Orioles weren't good, so they didn't rush him. You know what I mean? They, 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 they played it safe with him. But it's clearly showing that he is a mature player, because he went to college, and he's a very respected player, and you know he's homegrown. There's some, there's some pride taken in that. And it's truly amazing what's happening in Baltimore, because when you lose a player like Trey Mancini, and I can't believe they traded him to the to the Astros. I really That's, can't uh, believe that. It's such a bummer. It's, it, it's insane. Um, and he's such a great player. And for a, a guy like him, and the connection that he has with that city and that yeah. team, it's it, it just blows my mind. And Trading him is like similar to the Vasquez. Team yeah, I think it's bigger team. than Vasquez. I really do. I think it's bigger than Vasquez, and I, I really, I really hope it doesn't totally come back to bite him in the ass. But I don't think, I don't think the Orioles are going to win the World Series. I don't no. think. But, I've, but it is good for baseball to see that and to see a different look and not the same old teams. But you know that again, they'll point to it. Oh, expanded playoffs, and this is what we want. So you know, MLB is probably hoping that they make a run for it and they get in there and they push deep into the playoffs. But again, Adley Rushman, you know, he only kind of reminds me of is a Buster Posey vibe. Yes. Yes. He's not so super huge, and he's got this sort of quiet confidence, and uh, he, yeah, it just sort of comes in as a leader. I think it's a great comp, and and listen, you know, I've been. Have you been to Camden? Yes, many a times. One of my favorite parts. You know, I've I've been there a bunch of times, and like you know, because Bobby Dickerson was a coach there for many years, oh, and we've been right. on the field, and you know, Matt Weeders was the guy before yep. you know Adley Rushman came, and they had that li- they had a little bit of buffer in between with some guys here and there, but um, you know, he was a big fan favorite there, and a super nice guy. Uh, we got to meet him a couple times when we went down there, but yeah, we always followed the Orioles. I've always followed them, and you can't help but not to because they're in the AL East, and they used to be big rivals with the Yankees. Yeah, of course, they had the great pitching of the of the. 70s. One of the best brawls in Yankee history, too. I, that I don't know about. Well, we'll talk about that another time. All right, All right we got to run. Uh, listen, it's good stuff. I mean, listen, we're 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 on you know red button alert on both teams, but for me, it's a different kind of alert because I'm just sort of I've thrown up my hands, you know, and and so that's mine. But yours is like you still have a lot of relevant games to play, and things. Yeah, the Yankees got. I mean, the Red Sox are you know the Yankees Red Sox going to play each other three games, and then they got Tampa and they got the Blue Jays, and um, I believe. The Orioles. I don't know. It's it's it, and the no the Mariners. No the Mets. The Mets. Yeah. yeah so they do not. They do not have an easy next week or so. So. And and the thing is, they're they're going to win the division. Uh, they'll probably have the second best record in the American League. Uh, the question is, how well will they be playing going in October? John, great job as always. Brian Jack with John Senecal. You've been listening to Fanbase, a deep dive into the greatest rivalry in sports.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.